The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. Would you open your Bibles this morning with me to the Gospel of Matthew? The Gospel of Matthew. Chapter 16, two verses of Scripture, verses 18 and 19. Matthew, chapter 16, verse 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter, the small pebble. And upon this rock, the large stone, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, in other words, the gates of hell, shall not prevail against it. Can we read that again? This is Jesus speaking to Peter and the others. Jesus says in verse 18, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Who's going to build the church? Who's going to build the church? Who's going to build the church? Upon this rock. I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not, shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. This morning, I want to talk to you about the prevailing church, the prevailing church. Now, here in our foundation text, Jesus connected the kingdom of God and the church together as related terms, but they're not synonymous. Oh, no. There's a difference between the kingdom of God and the church. There's a difference. You see, the kingdom of God is the Basileia. What is the Basileia? The Basileia is the extension of God, his rule, his reign, his domain, and dominion in the earth and the universe. The kingdom of God is God's domain. But on the other hand, the ecclesia is the church. What is the ecclesia? The ecclesia is a community, a congregation, or a group of people that's been called out of sin into the righteousness of God. In other words, you've been called out of darkness into the light. This is what the Apostle Paul meant when he spoke to the Colossians. In Colossians chapter 1, He says, the Father, the Father has delivered us from the power of darkness. And he has translated us 
into the kingdom of his dear son. And that's when you became the church. When God called you out of darkness, when God transferred you from darkness to light. But I'm talking about the prevailing church. The prevailing church has the keys to spoil the kingdom of darkness. Talking about keys. What are keys? Well, keys are device, devices or an instrument that gives you access or denies access. Keys is the instrument used to open doors or to close them, to unlock them or to lock them. So I need you to get this. I really need you to get this. So Jesus says to Peter and the others, Peter, you are the small pebble, but on this large stone, speaking of himself, I will build my church. And the church that I build, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Well, what's going to stop the gates of hell from prevailing against the church? He says, I will give you the keys. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven that whatsoever you bind on earth as having already been bound in heaven, it shall be bound. And whatsoever you loose on earth as already having been loosed in heaven shall be loosed on earth. Do you hear what I'm saying? So what are the gates of hell? The gates of hell, Jesus said, wouldn't prevail against the church he's building. So what are the gates of hell? The gates of hell is really the ram. Actually, the gates of hell is a euphemism for hell itself. Now, in the New Testament, hell is the word Hades. In English, it's just hell. H-E-L-L. Huh? So what are the gates of hell? The gates of hell is the headquarters of Satan. It's the headquarters of his demons and evil spirits. It is the realm of all the unbelieving souls. The realm of all the unbelieving dead. That's hell. See, if you don't believe when you die, you go to hell. Now, I'm not exactly sure where that is because I've never been there. But it's a ram of all the unbelieving dead. All the lost souls, they go to hell. But hell has a master. And his name is Satan. But Jesus said upon this rock, I will build my church. And the church I'm building, the gates of hell, not Satan himself, not his demon, not his evil spirits shall prevail against my church. What, did it, what is it to prevail? To prevail means you have mastery over something. Too many of you, you're living your lives as if Satan has mastery of your life rather than God. Something wrong with that picture. 
There are too many Christians, they're just downright defeated. You, you know, they, they go around with their heads hung down, heavy hearts, not believing God, not able to stand on the word of God. But yet Jesus said, the church I'm building, not even the gates of hell shall prevail against that church. Now, you're the church individually and collectively. So to prevail means to win mastery. It means to dominate, to succeed, to triumph. What is Jesus saying? The church I am building, they will not be mastered by the enemy. They will not be predominated. They will not be succeeded. They will not be triumphed over by the enemy. I'm talking about the church he's building. Now, I'm only telling what he said. And he says the reason why you would have success and the reason why you would triumph over the enemy and the enemy would not triumph over you, the reason why you would have the mastery over demons and they won't have mastery over you because I'm giving you keys. I'm giving you keys. And what are those keys? It's the power to bind and the power to loose. So what is the prevailing church? What is the prevailing church? The prevailing church is not a failing church. Did you hear what I said? The prevailing church is not a failing church. The prevailing church, they're given the keys of the kingdom. That power to bind. That power to lose. Now, let me ask you a question. Don't raise your hands. When the last time you bind up anything that wasn't of God? When the last time you lose something that you believe was of God and it belonged to you? When's the last time you did that? Or are you just going along for the ride? When he said his church would be a prevailing church. And the gates of hell would not succeed or triumph over that church. Huh? He says, because I'm giving you the keys, the power to bind, and the power to lose. Now, let me be clear about something. The apostle John, in John chapter 1, verse 12, he made it clear that, in fact, he said, to as many as has received him, to them gave he the power, in other words, the right to become the sons of God, even to as many that believe on his name. What was John saying? John was saying every believer has the right to receive the keys. But every believer doesn't have the power and the ability to use the keys. What good is a, key, a set of keys you don't know how to use them. But you have the right to use these keys. Hmm? I'm going to make this as simple as I can because I'm going somewhere with this. Remember after the resurrection? Remember after the resurrection? Jesus appeared to the 11, to the 11 disciples 
They were hiding out in fear because of the Jews. This is John chapter 20. They were hiding out in the upper room. They were fearful. They were failing. They were precautious. Just wimps. Just whooped. But Jesus appeared in the room. He didn't even open the door. He just appeared in the room. And he said to them, I need you to follow this. He said to them, these 11 men in fear, these 11 men that felt like failures, he said to them, peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. As the Father has sent me, even so I have sent you. And they felt the nail prints in his hands and the wound in his side. And he said once more, he said, peace be unto you. Then he breathed on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed on those 11. And they received naturally, come on, I should say they received spiritually what Adam had received naturally. Remember God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground, Genesis 2, 7. He formed Adam out of the dust of the ground. He breathed into his nostrils and Adam became a living soul. So what God did naturally for Adam in the garden, Jesus did spiritually for the 11. But they still didn't have no power. They still didn't know how to use the keys. But yet they had received the Holy Spirit. Make no mistake about it. Every believer has the Holy Spirit. Paul says, if you have not the Holy Spirit, you're none of his. But there's a difference between having the Holy Spirit and being filled. Filled with the Spirit. You see, it's one thing to take a drink of water. It's another thing to take a bath. The 11 hiding out in fear in the upper room, they only drank, if you will, a glass of water. But later, Jesus would tell them, you need more if you're going to use the keys. Huh? So after the disciples received the Holy Spirit when Jesus breathed on them, they were still fearful men. In fact, Jesus came back a week later. They're still hiding out in fear. Still hiding out in fear. Still feeling like failures. Still being precautious of the Jews. So what did he say to them then? According to Luke. According to the physician Luke, who wrote the gospel of Luke, who wrote the books of the acts of the, of the Holy Spirit. According to Luke, in Luke chapter 24, Jesus said to these 11 who had received the Holy Spirit, when he breathed on them, he says, Behold, I sin upon you the promise of my Father. Tarry in Jerusalem. Tarry in Jerusalem until you're endued with the power from on high. He said these to the same 11 that he had breathed upon and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. They had Jesus' spirit, but they didn't have Jesus' power. 
They didn't have the power. They still weren't in a position to prevail over the enemy. So he said, I'm going, he said, I'm promising you now. I'm sending upon you the promise of my father, and I want you to tarry. Don't leave Jerusalem, but stay in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. That word endued means to be clothed with. Remember, I told you having the Holy Spirit is like drinking a glass of water, but being filled with the Spirit, oh, my God, you wrapped up, tied up, all tangled up in Jesus. My God, you have the Spirit from your head to your feet. He says, don't leave. Don't leave this city until you undo with power from on high. Then some days later, he was assembled with his disciples on Mount Olivet. This is Acts chapter 1. And he said, Behold, I send upon you the promise of my Father. He says, John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. Are you following me? The same ones that he breathed upon and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. He was telling them, you still don't have the power until you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. In other words, in a few days. And they begin to ask him questions like, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? See, they're powerless men, they're fearful men. Are you going to restore, once again, the kingdom of Israel? Remember, they're under the Roman domination of the Roman Empire. Jesus says, no, 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 no. It's not for you to know the times and the seasons that the Father has placed in his own authority. But here's what I want you to know. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. In other words, you'll be able to use the keys to bind and to loose after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. He clearly told the 11, don't go witnessing. Don't go passing out tracts. Don't go somewhere trying to preach until you are endued with power from on high. But you shall receive power. That word power is dunamis. It simply means the miraculous ability of God. I just don't need the name of God. I need the spirit of God with the ability of God. Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it because I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. The keys of the kingdom. They come with the power of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hmm? So Luke showed in Luke chapter 24, Acts chapter 1, Luke showed in fact, 10 days after Jesus said these things, in Acts chapter 1, 10 days later, disciples, in fact, there was a, them and, a, and others, there was 120 of them in the upper room. 
just praying and waiting, believing for the promise to come. Then on the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were in one place on one accord. Huh? Then suddenly there came a sound, a rushing sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it sat upon all them like cloven tongues as a fire. And they all, A-L-L, and they all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The same ones he breathed upon in the upper room and said, Peace I give unto you. Receive the Holy Spirit. When they received the Holy Spirit, that's when they became officially believers. But they were powerless believers. And Jesus promised, I won't leave you powerless. But I would pray the Father to send you another comforter. In other words, I would pray the Father to send you the keys. Because with these keys, the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. So Luke showed. He shows in Luke chapter 24, Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. He shows that having the keys required Holy Ghost power to use those keys. Holy Ghost power. Hmm? What am I saying, church? Too many of you have settled. You settle. Don't settle just to be called by his name. Huh? Don't settle to be a failing church. You got power. You got keys available to you. We need to live supernatural lives. What do I mean by that? We need to stop panicking every time something happens. Running and hiding like those 11 disciples did after the resurrection in fear of the Jews. We need to learn how to take authority over circumstances over sickness, over disease. We need to take authority when the enemy comes against our children. You're not helpless. You're not hopeless. I remember when, when our children were small. In fact, we only had two kids at the time. Well, we had two kids at that time. Whatever. Um, and the enemy was tormenting one of my kids. Just chasing them around. Couldn't sleep. Just chasing around in the bedroom. You know what we did? We didn't call 911. We stood on the promise upon this rock. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Joyce and I went in that room, that bedroom, and we cast the demons out of that room. We anointed that room with oil. We loosed the power of God, and we bind every spirit not of God. Child had never had another bad night. Never had another bad night. Why do we live like failing people when we have the promise Jesus said upon this rock, I will build my church. Is he building you or not? 
And he says, if I build my church, then the gates of hell will never get victory over you because I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. You have the power to bind. You know, sometimes I feel like, you know how you feel like when you, you're getting a symptom, especially in the age of COVID. Everybody's sort of over, overly cautious. You get a cough, a sneeze, a sniffle. What do you do? I'm going to tell you what I do. I don't panic. I don't I bind this in Jesus' name. I bind it in Jesus' name. That's the way I live. I'll never forget it. I was down in New Orleans one time, and I was just walking down the street. And this dog came after me. He had to be a demonic force. And people thought I was crazy because I said, loose here in Jesus' name. And the dog backed up. Loose. You got to use your keys. How many ever have a bad thought other than me? When I have a bad thought, you know what I do? I said I void that thought in Jesus' name. I bind it up. I bind it up because it didn't come from God. It came from the gates of hell. But you know why you can't live like that? Because you're like those 11 disciples after the resurrection. You feel like you fail. You're in fear. You live your life being precautious about this, that, and the other. When Jesus said, listen, I'm giving you keys, and I'm giving you the power to use those keys. Hmm? Don't settle to be a failing church. There's no power in church. We sing about the power. We read about the power. We preach and teach about the power. But where's the power? Where's the power? Our church ought to be filled with Holy Ghost filled power people. As I told you last week, they're not far. You're not far, but you're not close enough. Huh? We settle because we say, well, that's in the Bible. That was in the first century. That was in the days of Jesus and the apostles. Well, I, I encourage you, don't just read Acts chapter 2, that when God sent the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost came upon the entire 120, gathered there in the upper room, and they all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Then Peter stood up with the 11 and he preached to the crowd that was there in the city of Jerusalem celebrating the Pentecost. They came from all over the known world to celebrate the Feast of the Pentecost. Peter says, these are not drunken as you suppose, but this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. That in the last days, I shall pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Then Peter kept preaching. Then get down to verse 20, uh, 39. Peter says, this promise is it's for you. It's for your children. And it's for as many as the far off as the Lord God shall call. What are you saying, Peter? You can't receive the keys. You can't receive the power until he calls you into salvation. 
Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.